Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oi, the boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and, frankly, appalling language. And sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, Andy, Jimmy, and JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty, booty. You're listening to FP Presents TFC Three Questions Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix Well hello there football fans, Toronto FC fans It is week two of TFC Three Questions One match into the season Suddenly the narratives can can rewrite themselves I'm James Sherman, I'm joined by John Malnaro of TFCRepublic.ca and former skipper and footy primer, of course, Jimmy Brennan. Hey, fellas. Excited about the season to come? I mean, one game in. Um, I felt some tingling senses of excitement, I think, during that match. Perhaps that perhaps things weren't quite as, as horrendous as many people thought, JMO. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I think there was... Uh, <laughs> look, I mean, it's... It's one game, right? So, I mean, I appreciate that, you know, a sort of success-starved, you know, fan base is eager for any sort of morsel of good news. And, you know, there was was a lot of positives on the performance on uh, Sunday in Cincinnati. I mean, I thought defensively, TFC didn't really give much away and kept uh, Luciano Acosta pretty much at bay. Really liked the play of Debbie Flores in the center of the park. I thought just thought he was outstanding. Uh, thought Richie Larea uh, brought sort of a dynamic sort of aspect to, to the attack going forward. And, you know, last year, I mean, how many times did we say that this was a team that just sort of quit on itself and just sort of folded at the first sight of, of adversity or when things didn't go their way? There was a genuine fight to them uh, in this game, and they didn't quit on themselves, which was – and they showed some genuine backbone. So that was good to see. Um, but again, it's one game. I, I appreciate that it's, it was a positive performance. The team never won at TQL Stadium before. They lost all three of their previous visits. They didn't win at all on the road last year. They only collected four points. So, you know, again, this is positive, but 
I think just everyone has to calm down a bit <laughs> and <laughs> not sort of go overboard. And to John's credit, look, speaking to John Herdman after the game, and he sort of said the same thing. Look, this is a positive, good first step. This is, was exactly what we needed. But there's a lot of work to do. And it's, you know, speaking to Kobe Franklin today, because I was at TFC practice, he echoed the same thing that, you know, this is very much a work in progress. So I think all the player, the news from sort of sort of the sort of tone from John Herdman in terms of not getting ahead of themselves is kind of filtered down to the players and they're all on the same page, which is encouraging. Well, it is three questions, right? And the first question was and will be uh, one match in, are we overthinking the performance? Um, that's going to be followed up with uh, what is John Azorio's leadership style going to evolve into? And our third question to anchor the podcast today will be Debbie Flores and Richie Larea, which will become the fans darling by season's end. So, so going back to question one, Jimmy, you yeah. heard J-Mo's answer there. Are we just overthinking one performance? Well, you know, it's, it's a long off season. And, you know, when you, you listen in the preseason, you're trying to figure out what's going on, what players, who's going to start. And then the first match comes and you have no idea what's going to happen. All we got to base it on is what, what happened last season. And you're hoping to God that it's not going to end up that way after 90 minutes. And I thought the performance overall for a first match, remember that there's a lot of adrenaline. You know, you see a lot of players cramping as well in the first match or getting little niggles. It's always the way. It's always the way because everybody's so keen to get the season up and running. Um, but overall, I thought the performance was, I thought it was all right. You know, the one thing we didn't concede early, we didn't concede a goal. We kept a clean sheet and you walked away with a point. Now, going into the first match of the season, especially on the road, you want to pick something up. They've got a point. They're on the board now. Because what you don't want to happen is you end up losing that match. And then all of a sudden you've got New England next, Charlotte, New York, Atlanta, Sporting, Vancouver. Like these are teams that have finished apart from New York City and the top 10, whether it was the East or the West Division. They're good size that they're playing against. So they'll be looking at that thing and where are we picking up points? How, how are we going to get our first win or our first draw? They're on the board now. And that's why I think they were very ec ecstatic after the match was – we're on the board. We kept a clean sheet. Job's done. Now let's let's get out of here and, and let's get our, our home game and try to pick up another three points and start pushing ourselves forward. Do they have a lot of work to do? Oh, hell yeah. They've got an awful lot of work to do. But you could see an awful lot of positives as well in this match compared to what you did see last year. And I thought the body language of all the players was a lot better than what it was last year. They just seemed up for it, ready for it, up for the challenge. You could see Herdman and Jason Devos on the sidelines as well, constantly, constantly on the players, trying to keep them disciplined and organized and not drift off and lose the shape uh, because that's a Cincinnati side that could definitely punish you if you were to switch off for at least five minutes in a match. They could punish you. Jamie, are we going to forgive Jimmy for referring to TFC as we because he did captain the team? That's fine, right? <laughs> I need to, I, you know what? I need, I need to stop saying that. I need to no, no, I don't think so, Jimmy. You were the first signing in club history, right? And yeah, you captained the team right. through some dark days. You're allowed, Jimmy, to refer to them as we. Me and oh, J-Mo can't. Yeah. So yeah. I think we'll give him a buy there, right? Right, J-Mo? I, so. I think so. I think Jim gets a pass for that. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, so. But yeah, I mean, why can't we overthink these things, right? That's what we do as football fans. And like you said, it's been a, a real tough, tough, three years really but one in particular so of course the fans and the media are going to overanalyze everything 
But like I said, you get a point in the first game. They'll, they'll take that. What, what I loved, and I mentioned this on Footy Prime on, on Monday, Jamo, I loved John Azorio's opening minute in that match. When he went in, I forget who it was now, he went in on someone. It was a late yeah. tackle. He got a card for it. Um, but setting the tone, and it seemed to me as if that's a guy that's taken that, that armband and, and he wants that team to, to not necessarily go jump on his shoulders, but a guy that's going to lead from the front and say, listen, we're not going to be pushovers anymore. And just by that one little play, I'm going to overthink it. It was an important, important foul. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I've, I think clearly John came to play right, uh, right from the opening kickoff. And this is an important season for Jonathan in a lot of ways because he's, you know, the eighth captain in team history. He's got some pretty big shoes to fill with Michael Bradley's retirement. And, you know, a team that over the last three seasons, let's, let's be, you know, quite clear, has been, you know, absolutely dreadful. It's in desperate need of, of leadership and guidance on the pitch and off the pitch as well. And so that's why I think, you know, it was important for John to get off to a good start to the game and just sort of show a little bit of bite and sort of lead by example. So, as I said, it's a, it's a massive scene for the season for him in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, it was good that he kind of set that tone early and that the rest of the team nice. could take their cues from him. And I think that's something he's going to have to sort of maintain, um, you know, throughout the season. Because as I said, a lot of players on this team are going to be looking to him for guidance and leading the way. And so... It's on his shoulders in a lot of ways. I agree with you, John. And I think, you know, when you when you looked at TFC last season, there there were there were pushovers, yeah. and teams when they were coming to play against Toronto were rubbing their hands, going, "Let's get into these guys. They're going to crumble. We can score early. The floodgates will open." And I know exactly what what Oso was doing, and I love that. I love that in a captain. I love that in a Toronto guy with a little bit of bite about him as well. That in that first minute, it was like, no, no. Times have changed. We're, we're not going to be pushovers today. You're going to work like hell to pick up points off of us. And for him to get stuck in, it sets the tone. It lets the opposition know, no, 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 it's not going to be an easy one today. Everybody's going to be working today. Because last year, they lost the indiv- individual battles all over the park. Mm. They were very, very weak. And I like when I see that in a captain because he sets a tone. He'll be looking at his teammates and saying, let's get going now. And they did. They put a, they put a good shift in and they got something out of the match. So, so what kind of leader do you think Ozo will evolve into? He doesn't seem to me to be a rah-rah kind of guy, but one of those leaders that lead by example on the pitch. Is that fair to say, Jamo? I mean, listen, I've only known Ozo from interviewing him over the years, mm-hmm. um, but that's kind of the impression I get from him. Yeah, it's an interesting question, uh, James. And it's actually something I wrote about last week at TFC Republic, is what kind of leader is, is John going to be? Um you know, I think he's going to, you're, you're quite right. I mean, he strikes me as someone who is a very much a, a, a lead by example type of, of captain, not someone who is very rah, 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 but when he, but that, but he won't be afraid to speak up and say things. And like he has in the past when he does, you know, people have listened. And so I think by sort of choosing his words carefully and not constantly being in everyone's ear and sort of being a leader that way, I think his words carry more weight. And I think it'll probably be like a learning, something he's going to have to grow into and then develop, right? I mean, I think he also, he's, you know, having sort of played under Michael Bradley over, you know, over the last couple of years. And, you know, John has played for some pretty notable captains in his time. When you look at whether it's TFC or the national team, he played under Atiba Hutchinson as well. So he's got some good examples to sort of 
to sort of build his reputation as a captain off of. But I suspect it's going to be a bit of a hybrid, you know, something about his own sort of personality, bring it to the to the table, but also something of a little bit of a Teban, a little something of of Michael. And Michael was, you know, very much a lead by example guy too, but was also constantly talking to guys and holding people, players to account and keeping up the standards. So I think there'll be a little bit of that from John as well. He's going to find his way, but uh, I think he'll be able to sort of carve out his own sort of like niche and unique sort of brand of leadership as time goes by. Yeah. I think, look, the thing is too, when, when you are the captain, the, you don't have to change as a person, right? You don't have to change as a player because you are respected for who you are and what you do. And you do lead by example. And that's why you're getting the armband is because in that dressing room, they respect what you do. Right. And now also he's not that younger guy anymore. He's the, he's the older player. He's the mature player. He's experienced. He's an MLS cup winner. He's playing the world cup. He's a national team player. Like it, that maturity has, is has made him who he is today. And that is why he's so respected. And he knows, look, also it's not the, the, the type of guy that's going to go through people throughout a match, arguing and fighting and screaming. He's not that guy. And I would never want him to be that guy because also for me is a fantastic footballer. Now there's going to be times in the games where, yeah, he's got to stick up for his player. He's got to be the first one that's got to go to the referee and say, you've got to start protecting these guys are our better players. Like there's certain roles that he's going to have to do, but as an individual and a man, he doesn't have to change because also he's a, he's a gentleman off the park on the park. He does have that little bit of bite when he needs it, but he's also a footballer that can dictate a game. And I like that. I like that he is captain, and I think he'll continue to evolve into a great leader. I think his backstory too is going to sort of play a role, um, sort of like in his leadership. So what I mean is, having talked to Kobe Franklin today at practice, you know, he he told me that you know when he was coming up through the youth academy and playing through TFC too, it was guys like Jonathan Osorio who were kind of held up as an example of like this is what TFC is. This is what you should aspire to. You know, this is a guy who. You know, local product, hometown kid, came up through the system, although be it briefly, got into the first team and is now a club legend. And so I think guys like Kobe and, and Jaquiel, Marshall Ruddy, DeAndre Kerr, all these youngsters, I wouldn't say that they look upon John with like a uh, like reverence or awe, but there is a healthy respect there because he's kind of gone through, you know, a somewhat similar path. So I think that's going to help John out in the long run, too, in terms of, you know, just sort of getting con- not control of the locker room, but getting the respect. I mean, I do think he has the respect of everyone, but I think that's just going to help him out even more, especially for the young kids. Yeah, and it is. And, you know, that's that's part of the role of, of being a captain, captain as well. You, you've got to lead by example. And you've got to help these young guys that are coming into the squad to understand what it means to be a professional footballer. Mm-hmm. You know, you sign your first contract. You're not going out and buying a Mercedes and a, Merce- and a Ferrari and all this and living that. No, no, you've still got a lot of work to do to get where you want to do, where you want to go. And I think as a young Toronto kid looking up at a, at a captain that's from Toronto as well, that is humbled, that works every single game, puts a shift in who's won trophies, that for me as a young kid, that's a player that I'm looking up to as a Jonathan Osorio because I know he's come from my own backyard and what he's done in this game and what he's done for Toronto FC is exceptional. And these young kids that are in that academy should be looking up to him and thinking, I want to get there. Well, let me ask Jim, did that help you when you became TFC captain? I know you didn't come through TFC Academy because there wasn't one at the time, but everyone kind of knew that you kind of came up, you know, 
through the hard way going to England and, you know, you were coming back to MLS as a local product. Yeah. I wonder if that sort of, you know, that helped you kind of settle in as captain and get you the sort of the respect of like, especially the younger players on the team. Yeah. You know, look, if, for me, it, it meant an awful lot. And I knew that I had a role as well for the, for the young Canadian kids right. and going over to England uh, when I was 17 and I was over there trying to take an English man's job and I had to work twice as hard to get in there and get, get respected for, for what I did being a Canadian playing, playing football in, in Europe. And I remember always looking at the, the local guys and just how hard that they, they worked for that club, what it meant to the fans to see the local guys playing for the team and guys coming through the academy. And I came through the academy in Bristol City and eventually got into the first team. And I got into the first team with four other guys that were local Bristol players. Oh. And the, the respect and the love that the fans showed was absolutely incredible. And Lewis Carey went on to play some like 600 and something games for, for Bristol City. But he was always that icon, and he always would be talking to the young guys, always talking to the young, young Bristolians that are coming through the system and teaching them, teaching them what it means to be a young footballer, representing this club. You know, a lot of times, you know, foreigners come in and you, you'll be at a club for a year, two years, and it's gone. You never see them again. But when you're a local guy and you're representing that club, you still live here. You mm-hmm. still live here, and you got to – you got to mingle with the fans <laughs> almost every every day of your life when you go out. You're always going to bump into TFC supporters. So you've got to make damn well sure that every week you put a shift in, you're humble, you're respectful, and you and you you represent that club the the way that it should be and representing those fans that are paying tickets to come in and watch you. Yeah, no, it's, it's good perspective to have there for sure. Um, every week we're going to look at, of course, Bernadeschi and Insigne and how do they perform. Um, you know the the big picture here is still blurry. We we don't know what what the future is no. for these guys. However, JMO, one game in, um, I thought as Jimmy mentioned, they want to see a shift. I thought both players put a shift in in that match and looked um, credible. Is that fair to say? As if they are buying in? I think so. Yeah, I, I think credible is probably a right word to use. Um, you know, interesting that Insigne lasted. I think what was it, sixty two minutes, and then was subbed out. And I asked John Herdman about that after the game. And that was always the plan because they sort of want to manage his minutes, right? Um, they want to make sure that they're going to get sort of full value for him. And he's still, they, John was saying he was still in somewhat preseason mode um, just because of his injury issues last year. Or so, and it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't play, you know, this weekend because it's new England, it's away on turf. And apparently he's slow to react when he moves from grass to turf. Um, he's slow to sort of react to that. I mean, you, you take that with a grain of salt, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> what, do um, you, what do you mean he's slow to react? I, I guess I'm going to be precarious here the way I move. Yeah, I, I guess the reaction is, I guess, I don't know, from when he moves from from sort of practicing or playing on grass to then playing on turf, right. it, some sort of transition, I guess. I guess it's there are different surfaces, and yeah. I guess at his age, it takes him a little while to adjust. Talking about overthinking things, eh? Jesus. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I thought they put in, you know, a decent shift. I mean, uh, I would say that was kind of the one thing that was a little bit lacking from, from Toronto and Cincinnati was, um, you know, lack of a final product, right? I mean, they only had two shots on target, one of which was a free kick by uh, Insigne, who forced a really good save, you know, at the near post. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I, I struggle to think of any another quality scoring chance that Toronto had. And, you know, I mentioned this on the podcast last week. 
it's not enough for sort of Insigne and, and Bernadeschi to merely put in shifts. They have to make things happen. They have to go out and create goals and they have to score goals. And, you know, aside from the free kick chance last week, they really didn't come all that close. I guess, no. Well, Bernadeschi had one chance that was kind of blocked. Or did he feed? No, sorry. He fed Lorenzo inside the box mm-hmm. and Lorenzo had a shot blocked. So yeah. those moments were kind of few and far between. You just like to see them produce a little bit more. So, but, you know, I, I guess, a, you know, an, a, a decent sort of start from them. Yeah. I think you got to you got to keep in mind, too, that, you know, with Insigne and, and Bernadeschi, you know, at times when they get the ball and they go on these little mazy runs, they're going to have two, three players that are coming on them. And it's the other players that have got to step up. They've got to step up because they're the ones that are going to be in space and they've got to try to make something happen. You can't just solely rely on these on these two players. And often at times, Richie Larea, because he is a player that loves to just bomb on and get forward. Um, but it's going to be it's going to have to be a team effort where everybody's got to pull their weight and and not solely rely on those two players. And I, I'd like to give one mention as well, and that's got to go to Sean Johnson. I thought Sean Johnson was absolutely fantastic. He kept them in the game. It wasn't for Sean. It could have been three, four nil. Yeah, it really could have. And I thought he was very brave in his approach when he was when he was uh, blocking shots and his saves. You know, there's numerous times he was just controlling and demanding that box. And when he was coming out, it was a presence. He was big, didn't turn his back. And I, I liked the way that he was controlling that box. And I, for me, the man of the match, I thought he was absolutely terrific and made some great saves. I want to read uh, John Herman's comments uh, about um, Insigne. He said, we've got to manage him like he's a Ferrari and make sure he's looked after in that way. Um, he played 80% of the games and really did he ever finish a game for Napoli. We'll manage him so he can play as many games, start as many games as he can. We just want him at his best, and I want him playing at home every game. To suggest then that perhaps he's not playing every game on the road. I don't know. Jimmy, as the ex-player, when you, when you hear these kind of comments about a guy who's making, well, a lot of money, most actually outside, I think, Leo Messi still in, in MLS. Um, a guy that is going to be relied upon at home, not so much on the road. Am I being old-fashioned by saying I, I want to see more than that? I need a guy that's in, in it every I, game uh, where possible. I don't think you are, Sharms. I mean, I I just – I don't get it. I mean, look, maybe it's me in my opinion. If I'm spending that money, I want this player playing week in and week out for me. I want him performing week in and week out. Um, I'm not paying that money and saying, okay, you know, what games do you want to play? You want to play at home? Do you, do you fancy going on the road here to LA? What would you want to do? For me, that's a load of nonsense. You're paying this guy good money. Get out in the field and perform and work and show people that you're working for your cash. It's not like, what, can the club turn around and say, oh, well, he's not going to play in Portland. So uh, we're going to take a million off of that. Right. Right. They, they can't do that. So, I don't understand if you're if you're paying this guy and you've you've scouted him and if you were worried about him not playing week in and week out then why are you why are you pushing the boat out and paying him all this money if you're paying that money you've got to have a guy and you got to have a Ferrari that works on that track <laughs> week in and week out rain or shine right rain or shine it's it's raining can't get the Ferrari out on the track no yeah, yeah I mean no. if if you know, okay, he only played 80% of, of the games at Napoli. So is he only going to take 80% of his wages here at TFC of the 50 million? <laughs> I mean, you know, like I, I can appreciate what John is saying to a certain extent. I mean, if he had, because he has had injury issues, he's the wrong side of 30, although not 35 or 36, he's 32 or 33, I believe. So plenty of gas left in the tank. So, but still, 
if you're saying you have to sort of manage his minutes somewhat, then I'm okay with limiting, you know, maybe go 60 minutes on in a road game. But so I'm okay with that to a certain extent. But yeah, I mean, look, I think Jim hit the nail right on the head. I mean, if this is it, if you knew that this going ahead, that, that, you know, he's got sort of issues like playing in every game or is not as durable, then why on earth would you go move heaven and earth to sign this guy in the first place? Well, that's the point. I mean, if John didn't know, right? It wasn't him. It wasn't his signing. Sure. So he, he's come in there and he's assessed the player now, right? And he's thinking to himself, man, for me to get most out of this guy, this is going to be the load management that I have to, uh, you know, strategize around this particular player, which isn't yeah. ideal. I don't blame John Herman for that. No, not right? at all. Bill Manning, Bill Manning signed him, knowing yeah. the history. And then and Hernandez. So like, it's those two that got to deal with it. But the thing is with with Herdman, okay, he can't come out and go, God damn it, why are we paying this guy so much money if I'm only going to give him 50% of the time? He cannot do that because he can't afford to lose this player. He needs him on his side. And John's got to play the game. Has to play the game. Oh, we're going to monitor you. We're going to look after you. But I guarantee you, if he's with his staff, he's thinking, what the hell's going on here? I need this guy every single match, by the way. But when he's in the media, he's got to tell a different story mm. because he's got to keep this player with him. Yeah. And because there's going to be games, he's going to need this guy. Yeah, listen, one game in or 60 minutes in, he looked pretty decent. And we'll wait and see. But it's just a clunky situation there, it seems, on many regards. Uh, the final question from 3Qs is, Debbie Flores or Richard Larea? Which will become the fans' darling by season's end? If if they're not already, I think Richie already is JMO from mm. his previous stint here. The fans love Richie, we know that. But from what I saw of Davy Flores, he's the kind of player that the Toronto faithful will really gravitate towards. He plays with an edge. He, he's aggressive. Obviously, he has that technical ability as well. But out of these two players, is, is one's gonna gonna leap above the other as being the, the every man's player? I think probably Richie, just because, you know, he's got a couple things going for him. He's the local, like, product, right? He's from Toronto. He has history with the club. And he brings something to TFC that I don't think too many players bring. And that's like an edge, right? Like, you look at him play. I mean, forgive me for using a hockey term, but he's a pest out there, right? Like, he'll he'll get into it with players, opposing players. He'll get into their faces. He, he's like a bit of a shit disturber. And he's a Robbie Savage. There you go. That's, <laughs> he's a Robbie Savage. Example. That's a great example. But he's such a dynamic player, too. Like, he'll drive into the box. And you saw it against Cincinnati, where he nearly earned that penalty in the third minute. Uh, you know, TFC didn't have a single penalty uh, decision last year. So the fact that he was almost earned them one inside of three minutes – I think that he, that just speaks to sort of, you know, what he brings to the table. And look, there's a lot to like about Debbie Flores too. I think you're quite right, Charms. He he has this sort of fighting spirit and, you know, he played as like a like a real destroyer out there and, you know, just sort of setting the tone physically. And, you know, two ways, both defensively and, uh, you know, I was really keen on his sort of distribution. Um, but I just think Richie with the type of player that he is, he's a bit more high profile and, you know, you tend to notice more, you know, stuff that he does, whereas Debbie Flores, as great he is, he is, you sort of have to really be paying a close attention. A lot of a lot of sort of the intricacies of what he does, you know, can often pass by the average fan or, or media person without, you know, much notice. Whereas Larea, it's quite obvious, right? He, he makes an impact and you cannot quite notice it. So, but that said, I can see them both being hugely popular with TFC fans going forward. Yeah. I agree. I think with Richie, look, I'm, a, I'm a, everybody knows I'm a big fan of Richie. I love the way that he plays, and I like how he plays on, on the edge. Um, 
And if Richie's not mixing it up on the pitch, then he's having an off day. And right. 90, 90 odd percent of the time he's mixing it up and he's getting involved in, in absolutely everything on that pitch. And I love how he just goes box to box, so, you know, as quick as he gets forward, as quick as he gets back. I, I love the way that he plays and I really enjoy watching him and, uh, you know what you're going to get with Richie Labrea. So I think the fans are, are always going to continue to to love him in the way that he plays and represents this organization. Uh, Flores, for me, I was very surprised. I like him. I really do. I like the way that he plays. He covered a lot of ground, broke plays up in and around the box. He's he's getting in front of Long and O'Neill and making sure that they're okay and they're covered because there was a couple of plays as well, little one-twos, and all of a sudden Flores is coming back and he's on the deck winning the ball. And as soon as he gets it, he's passing it forward. So, I mean, there was a couple of mistakes, too, yep. around the box where he did lose it. Um, but if he can clean that up, and you got to take it, you got to, you know, take it with a little bit of salt as well sometimes. He's going to make mistakes. That's his first match. That's his first match now with this with this team. Um, and it's going to take him a little bit of time to adjust. But from what I have saw, and if he continues to progress and, and get better week in and week out and start to adjust to his teammates and, and realize how to play in front of the in front of his defenders. I think you're going to have a very, very good player there that, that the TFC fans will enjoy. Let's take a quick break, fellas, and then we come back, we'll look ahead to this uh, weekend's match against New England. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What up, Primers? It's JC, that guy. Don't miss a second of Premier League action only on Fubo TV. Subscribe at FuboTV.com slash Footy Prime. With Serie A, League One, and One Soccer 2, you can get it all at FuboTV.com slash Footy Prime. Now, back to the show. So, match day two for TFC this weekend against New England. Then it's home after that. Back to BMO Field. Ah, <sighs> finally. Not enough um, afternoon games once again, though, right? Still less of a... Uh, Evening games this season, um, mm. it appears, unfortunately. But that's a, a wine for a different show at a different time. Uh, J-Mo, uh, looking at to this weekend, though, is Jondre Kerr going to be healthy again to start up top, or, or is that unlikely? I don't know. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it could go either way. I, I could kind of see it go either way. The fact that, you know, he didn't sort of, um, you know, wasn't involved in the match day roster against Cincinnati, Um you know, and he did have some sort of injury issues last year. That not nothing that kept him out for a really long period of time, but something that did sideline him from time to time. So, um, wouldn't be surprised if he if he's not involved. Um, you know, could see you know maybe Prince Owusu getting another start, or hopefully, you know, I'm really keen to see Iowa get a start because I think he's like, I, I think he's got a point to prove. Uh, you know, this is the final year of his contract. TFC 
you know, he's got two goals and I think his last 42 games in MLS for, for TFC. So, you know, he's got to start coming good. And, you know, I spoke to him a bit the, prior to the season and he admitted as much, right. That, you know, the last three years hasn't been good enough for himself. So I really like to see IO if, if, um, you know, if, uh, if Deandre isn't available, then I'd love to see IO be given a chance to see what he can do. Jimmy, your thoughts for this weekend? Uh, obviously, that that searching for a number nine could be a chapter in a book at some point. I think trying to find that right guy to fit between these two uh, these two elite, no, it, elite listen, wingers. It, it, it is it is uh, difficult right now finding that number nine. But look, if I'm a striker, I I sh- I'd be rubbing my hands right now, going, "I've got Insigne and I got Bernadeschi on the other side. Get the ball in the box." <laughs> like yeah, as a, as a number nine, what what more do you want in your life? With two quality players that are out wide, with they have good service and they're crying out for somebody to to get on the end of whatever they're putting into the box. So, you know, if I if I'm a Toronto FC striker right now, I'm doing whatever I can to start these matches, and I'm talking to those who just say, "Tell me where do you want me? Where do you want me in that box?" And I'll go there. You just put it in there. Let me try to finish it, because. These are the, when you're playing with these types of players. These types of players can give you fantastic world class service. They can get you ten to twelve goals in a season if you're in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Right? It's no point you're a fantastic striker, but you're not getting service. Well, you got guys that can give you service. So it's that Talk easy. It's that easy. Eh? Just ten, just ten or twelve goals a year. Oh come Jeez, on! I, I should dust my boots off. You know, you know what I mean, though, Sean. Right? <laughs> yeah, I do. No, the service yeah. is there. Right? We know it's there, and it's a great way, good perspective though, because. For the last year or so, been whining about there not being that number nine. Whereas if you look at it from the other perspective, like, well, actually, this guy, there are number nines on the squad who have the ability and opportunity now to play with two excellent players. What make you the, want make the most play. of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, I just don't think guys have necessarily made the most of the opportunity, right? And no. uh, I'm not sure why that is. Um, because as Jim said, when you have players the caliber of Bernardeschi and Insigne, and you know the quality of service they can provide, you think that they would be licking their chops, um, you know, and just, you know, and, and certainly, you know, you wouldn't expect uh, someone like Jordan Peruzza to break out for 20 goals or something like that. But certainly, you know, to learn and glean off of the, off the two Italians and find out, you know, what it is that, that they're looking for so they can put themselves into more dangerous scoring positions. Um, it just seems like that hasn't, they haven't really capitalized on, you know, the Italians in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Make the job your own, right? Straightforward. Right. Leaving yourself is a new, new culture in that room. Apparently, right? It's, it's more fun to go to training each day, to play matches. There's no excuse. Uh, JMO, TFCRepublic.ca. What can uh, the the listeners and readers look forward to the coming week? Uh, so we'll have like full uh, preview of uh, the game against New England this week. A um, couple other sort of columns and features. Uh, there's a story up right now. So I had talked to Brian Dick who is, uh, covers Birmingham City for the Birmingham Mail. He was the one who broke the Kevin Long story. And so just talked to him for about half an hour just to get his perspective on Kevin Long and how Kevin was sort of viewed by Birmingham uh, City fans, what his tenure was like was there, um, you know, whether he played in a back three or back four, and, you know, why you know why he kind of fell out of favor uh, since his since joining from uh, from Burnley. So really interesting uh, chat with Brian and we got into, uh, you know, a different side of, you know, perspective of, you know, what to expect from Brian Long. So that story's up on the website, so people should check it out. And the website is tfcrepublic.ca. Uh, we have two other 
MLS-oriented uh, podcasts, uh, Montreal, three questions, which Dubs uh, recorded yesterday with Ollie Brett. It's fantastic. Um, even TSC supporters listen to it because you learn about Montreal, your, your deepest, darkest rival. And later today, we're recording with Asa Raymond, the Whitecaps, three questions as well, together with MLS Box to Box on Friday, Jimmy. And we have, we hope, we think, we believe, whom? We got him. We got him. Hercules Gomez. Oh, nice. Yeah. Excellent. He's a he's a good friend. And I'm I'm looking forward to to him coming on the pod. You know, he's got valuable experience in MLS and national team, Liga MX. My son actually has his jersey and wears a Santos jersey around the house often. So it'd be <laughs> good to have him on the on the pod. When he's not wearing his Brennan jersey, right? Yeah, he's got rid of them. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Great name as well. But he'll be joining us on, on Friday's MLS Box to Box on Fody Prime as well as our regular news and dubs. Uh, everyone, hope you enjoyed that. Please like it, subscribe it, check out our website, wearefodyprime.com for lots more additional content and more in the coming weeks. And as I mentioned before, tsrepublic.ca to get all things TSC, courtesy John Molinaro. So until next time, cheers for listening. This episode of Footy Prime has been brought to you by Fubo TV and by Tony Bat. Make sure to subscribe to Footy Prime wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Footy underscore Prime and on Instagram at Footy Prime IG. And visit wearefootyprime.com and sign up for our newsletter. Awesome. Good stuff, fellas. Well done. That was excellent. Good job. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.